the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ, and we have a full house this week with uh, no less than Sebastian. Hey, everybody. And Kia. Hey, guys. As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game, which is of interest to us. And who, boy, have we got a lot of stuff which is of interest to us this week. What's returning, gentlemen? Uh, Ravnica. And luckily... Uh, the PAX convention was this weekend, so they had a big party and talked about a ton of spoilers. Um, so mm-hmm. we know a lot about the set. We got about 70 cards spoiled, uh, which includes base lands, but still is pretty good. We have all the mechanics, and we have the art for the returning Shocklands. Yay. Yay. Yep, they're coming back. If you haven't sold them already, either you're keeping the ones you've got or you've just lost a lot of value. No, uh, that's that's definitely true. They've already started to uh, go down a bit in value. But it's exciting, nonetheless. It's good to have them back. It's good that they'll be reprinted and provide more access to modern. Because um, considering pretty much any modern deck you're going to play, you're going to need one of the lands. Um, so you'll have all those available now. At least, uh, well, for this first coming set, Return to Ravnica, you'll have the five available that are part of the guilds in the set. So that's Blood Crypt, Hallowed Fountain, Overgrown Tomb, Steam Vents, and Temple Garden. Um, and then later on in the, the winter set, we will get the remaining five dual lands. Yep. Now, looking at uh, the uh, spoiler here, I have to say I have fallen in love with Overload, the um, upcoming mechanic for uh, the uh, Is It Guild, or at least one of them. You may cast a spell for its Overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. Now the really nice thing is if it helps you, it's each thing which you which you control. If it hurts the opposition, it's each thing you don't control. That's that's music to my ears. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's some interesting ones like Mizium Mortars is a good example, and that's two mana to deal four damage to a creature you don't control, or six mana, three and three red to deal four damage to each creature you don't control. It's a good modular option for saying, hey, I'm going to get this guy out of the way so I can attack. Or late game, I'm going to clear your board out of the way and I'm going to attack. Yeah, I mean, that's um, one mana off Flame Wave and uh, a Flame Wave, which is also a, um, a what was that uh, red one mana do four damage to target creature? Flame Slash. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> flame Slash meets Flame Wave meets... My decks, all of them. <laughs> all come to all the decks. <laughs> anything else catch your eyes, gentlemen? Uh, Sebastian, you see anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, beyond the mechanics, and, and like, I obviously I'm trying to get back into understanding the mechanics, and clearly Overlord was, seems really crazy, and the, the um, you know, Rakdos is 
absurd as always. But the art is, you know, really up to par. I wasn't a huge fan of the art in the corset personally, but man, have you seen these shocklands? They look great. They are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I, I have never seen uh, reprints look better. So. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely, and we have a link that shows you the art for all ten shocklands, including the actual five that are being reprinted in their current templates. The other five are mock-ups, but it does let you see them. And yeah, um, there's very impressive ones like we have coming, like Goblet Shrine and Sacred Foundry, uh, which I think look amazing and are a vast improvement on the originals. Yeah, they 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 actually represent a, a foundry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad someone looked at what foundry looks like before they drew it, and uh, and what a shrine would look like if it had no god. Yeah. Didn't uh are these is this the same artist? Is it Rob Alexander? Did he? Do yeah. Original it, 10? Yep. Yeah. I I just feel like he, I think he misunderstood what foundry is last time. <laughs> <laughs> is a uh, because. For for those of you guys who don't know, uh, like the like physically, like the uh, the fan a foundry is a place where uh, they used to make metal castings back in the day. And I don't know about you, but the last sacred foundry uh, really didn't see it. Mm-hmm. it look, I mean, it looked cool. Don't get me wrong, but do you guys see a foundry there? I don't, I don't see any metal being made. Whereas this one is very very clearly a foundry. Yeah, and arguably. Uh, now, the new lots have all been drawn by different artists. For example, Vulcan Barga did Temple Garden. And, yeah, that's very clearly a temple. And it's, yeah, that looks pretty gardenly as well. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot these because these are the old templates. So those, all the old ones were by Rob Alexander. Um, so oh, was, gotcha, gotcha. I, I, was, I was misreading it. Thank you, AJ, for pointing that out. No uh, you're right. Yeah. There, are, there are new artists. And, yeah, you're right. Looking at, I remember when this art was spoiled um, about a week or two ago. You could look at it and you're like, well, this is yep. clearly a temple, and it's it's a garden because there are, you know, forests like trees everywhere. And it's, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't take that to be yes that they, they are in fact reprinting the lands, and this is the art for Temple Garden. Gotcha. I mean, I completely agree. The Hallow Fountain, it looks like a fountain. It's blue and white. That's pretty cool. Steam vents. Literally, there are vents, and there are steams coming out of them. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Overgrown tomb is. A tomb that seems to have let the grass grow too far high up. In any case, I, uh, I, I know I'm not a, uh, you know, Volzar or, or I completely forgot to pronounce Orthos. that, but like, Orthos. Orthos, there we go. Um, I love competitive magic, really love the meta of the game, uh, meta of the game, but you, you have to just sit back and appreciate the art before you start hating the fact you're up against it. I don't know. I think Overgrown Tomb looks more looks like more of a sepulchre. <laughs> Come on now, He's splitting hairs. <laughs> and I, I suppose you think that the crypt looks sort of uh, like a a, a a shrine. No, that's pretty cryptic. <laughs> ah, you're killing me, uh, you guys. Pretty is perhaps not the best word to use with regards to anything Rakdos. Yeah, with, you know. Although they do make I love they you, do make corpses look really stylish. Yeah, exactly. It's like you've done a great job with accessorizing with all these you know dead bodies everywhere. But that's Rakdos for you. It's sort of the uh, um, fatal practical jokers of Raptica. Yeah. How great is it that we have hybrid back? It's awesome. I mean, it's one. It's one of the better mechanics. I wish there was a way they could make it more evergreeny and use it kind of regular regularly. But I understand that that's really not an option, and you can only kind of sneak it in uh, when appropriate. But it's yeah. it's so good because I mean it makes cards so functional and so many different. It lets you just 
give you, you so many options. You can play it in like mono black, uh, mono red, for example, like on the Rakdos Shred Freak. Uh, obviously, black red, so you can get that guy out early. It, it eases your mana requirements, so you don't lose yeah. games because oh, I have good cards, but because of my mana is difficult, I can't cast them. Um, yeah, I think they're great all around. And Judge's Familiar in particular is uh, one of the cards printed that we do know, and I love that. It's basically Curse Catcher uh, with flying, and it's hybrid blue-white. So that's one blue or one white uh, for a 1-1 flyer that you can sacrifice to counter an instant or sorcery unless they pay one. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful card in the final edition to Spike Tail Drake. Um, and the uh, Force Spike. What was the uh, white version of Force Spike? Uh, Man of Tide. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fits both colors, fits the guild. Uh, it's an all round beautiful design, really. Yep. Bit yeah. power, um, bit power uh, rampy there. Yeah. In, in terms of mechanics, I'm, I'm very glad to see you come back. And I'm, just gonna, I'm probably going to steal this one from Kia, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you really have to look towards um, Unleash. And I, I thought Unleash had uh, is an interesting mechanic because it works so inter- it works so interestingly with scavenge. Mm. Um, so for you guys something that don't know, Unleash is that you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it, and it can't block as long as it has a plus one plus one counter on it, which in, in the long grand scheme of things is very you know very black in its mechanic. Um, yeah, you combine that with this um, the the Golgari Swarm where you can Exile this card and put any number, put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to the card's power on target creature. That's an incredibly interesting interaction. Where if you're Golgari versus Golgari, you can power your own creatures, or if you need to, simply empty your graveyard, put plus one plus one counters on a bunch of their regenerating blockers, and just get through. No, yep, absolutely. Like a good example, like you said, was Grim Roust about who I think is a really cool card. Um, in the fact, he's basically drug. He's a Drudge Skeleton with Unleash. Um, so in late game, you know, if you're behind, you can play him as just the 1-1 Regenerator to block and buy you time. But in the early game, he's a 2-2 attacking uh, Regenerator. He can't block, but I mean, if you drop him on turn 2, that's pretty solid. Uh, Fallen Ascari mm-hmm. was really good once upon a time, and uh, this kind of functions in that role. I like the the aggressiveness of it and the fact that it does give you those options. And mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, it'll be really interesting to see times where you do you scavenge on your opponent's unleashed creature uh, in order to attack through. Yep. On a slightly broader basis, I'm quite looking forward to fiddling around with these guys and power conduit just to just to annoy my opponent. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking more specifically, there are a couple cards that I, I want to point out, and I do really like them. And interestingly enough, they're both Rakdos, which was not my favorite guild. Um, in, in the early, the original Ravnica. It's, it's hard to like a guild that sucks. Yeah, it's like, when, again, like we said, you know, when a mechanic revolves around not having cards in your hand, that mechanic better be really strong, because that's a huge, yeah. huge it's uh, like being, advantage. It's like, being a Mets, it's like being a Mets fan or a Clippers fan. Like, there are people who do it, but, you know, if, if you don't win... <laughs> it hurts. Uh, the first one, and this one will probably help people win, is Dreadbore. And I love, it's just a very simple card. It's basically a sorcery speed terminate. Um, but, they, you know, so it's a sorcery and they can regenerate. But on the plus side, you can blow up planeswalkers. Yes. About time. Yeah. This card is just one black. Yep. Mm-hmm. One black, one red. Goodbye, Jace. Exactly. Goodbye, you know, Johnny. Goodbye, 
anyone and everyone. Goodbye, Gideon. That'll that that's one of the bare ones I think I can imagine for like modern uh, aggro decks is the fact that Gideon can literally just like either at best you know you have to spend three or four turns answering it sometimes, and at worst like you just lose the game because of it. And now having an option where you just go two mana, get out of my way, attack. Uh, it's great. And not to mention uh, if you need to uh, destroy that creature. Yeah, exactly. If they you know they don't have the planes there's just a dude in your way. Get out of the way. I'm attacking. Kill that guy. I don't care if he has a spark or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and in terms of in terms of the way people really need to understand, this is a huge, huge change that you know was a long time coming. Uh, in order, to, really one of the bigger issues with most decks that you can only fit 60 cards in a deck. Well, you can spend more, but you shouldn't. So, when you have that issue, what you end up seeing is that you need cards that have multiple purposes, and this is just that. Mm-hmm. And I was talking of unique. You need cards with multiple purposes. We've got quite a few of those. That's true. There's a, yep. there's a lot of weirdness in this set, and just like unique cards. Uh, one of the ones that we haven't talked about, that's the new Azorius mechanic, and that is uh, Detain, which is really interesting. Basically it says until the end, your next turn, it shuts down a permanent. It can't attack, it can't block, and it can't activate abilities. Um, which has some interesting uses. You could do more aggressive style, like for example, they have this uh, the Liev Sky Knight, a three mana three one, who you know when he enters the battlefield, you detain a creature that'll let you attack, and then you have this aggressive three mana three power flyer. Uh, then you also have more slower controlling ones like the Archon of Triumvirate, which AJ, I know you said you were a fan of. Yeah, well, I'm a fan of Archons in general, and this one, this one fits the bill. Yeah. It's a uh, seven mana, a four five, which is about part of the course for Archons. Um, five white blue. Whenever an Archon of the Triumvirate attacks, detain up to two target non-life permanent opponent's control. So basically, every time this attacks, you get to essentially tap down two permanents of your choice, which can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty potent uh, finisher for control. And it's very interesting. And of course, it's effectively unblockable. If you've got two flyers out, oh look, they can't block anymore. Yeah, you're going to need to come up with a third flyer uh, just to get in the dude's way. But yeah, there's a lot that can be done. It's a really cool mechanic. I really, I, I, I am really happy. Like, like you said, AJ, this is already a very cool set. I think this is already my favorite set of the year, um, even though we don't even know like three quarters of it. Because, like, the cards look fun, they look interesting, you know, multicolor sets are great, and I think they did a really good job, like, this feels like Ravnica. Yeah. You know, even though the cards are completely different, the mechanics are different, like, I feel like we're right back where we were. Exactly. There's a sort of civility about the combat, if you will. There's This is very much, um, uh, you're not out in the boonies adventuring on uh, um, Zendikar, you're not... Um, uh, in the middle of a, it's it, it feels like the plane. They've hit the flavor. They've hit the flavor on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I very much uh, like it already. And and like I said, it's one of the ones where we're coming back to a plane, and it's not, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> like when we came back to Mirrodin, there was a war going on with an invasion. I remember one time we came back to Dominaria. There's you know 
apocalypses and like you know things are you know half the world has been blown up or you know gone away like this one is just like yeah we're back government's a little crazy right now because the guilds aren't exactly where they were but for the most part everything's kind of intact basically it's 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 like yeah like we've had a few elections they haven't really gone very well um welcome back yes Guild are still around. There's been a few changes here and there, but some people are still around. Nismizet still sitting around being cool. Uh, Isperia is still um, inscrutable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but by, by the way, probably something's going to blow up in the next <laughs> set or two. Yeah, somewhere somewhere along the line, I'm sure something will happen. Speaking back on yeah. uh, Nismizet, though, we do have the reveal, the only blue card we know, and that's his new bestest buddy, and that's Jace. Uh, really? The architect of thought. And Jace guts around. Yeah. I was a little scared at first because you, when you look at it, it's a two and two blue Planeswalker Jace uh, with four loyalty. Full loyalty. Yeah. But then you then you go through and read it and you can calm down. He is, it is certainly not uh, the sculptor, the, the format sculptor that he was last time. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully not. You never know. I mean, yeah, we don't, it's too early to call that, but he's he is nowhere near the mind sculptor. Yeah, okay. it'd be great if he had the ability to, um, you know, like give target creature curiosity. And <laughs> yes. this comes into play. So give target player win the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this seems to be very much a multiplayer, Jace, if you will. Um, let's go over his ability. It says plus one until your next turn. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, it gets minus one slash minus zero until end of turn. You can imagine that in Commander. No, absolutely. That's that's one of the cool things that they've really made an effort over in the last couple of years. And it, quite frankly, it doesn't apply to me because I don't play multiplayer that often. But by just changing a couple of words here and there on uh, on Magic cards, you make you open up their function functionality to where they do just what they're supposed to do in a two player game, but then in multiplayer. They have uh, this, all this extra added functionality, like, and that's kind of what they've done with this Jace. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, which I, I've always wondered: has is this a is this a, a movement that? I mean, that's not wonder as much as it's you know, it is a movement um, that a few years ago, I think back in two thousand eight, uh, Mark Rosewater came out and said, you know, this is actually something that we hadn't considered before. Oops, mm-hmm. might be, <laughs> and then has has proceeded from there. His minus two ability is a mini fact or fiction. Reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates them into two piles, one pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library in any order. Having just had a graveyard set, it's probably wise not to do the whole. Um... Yeah, that, that, that made me a little sad when I thought I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, bottom of your library. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> You'll yeah, be thankful you... of that when you're playing up against it. It's like. Oh, you mean you don't want to remake Dredge? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 not in your on your list of things you want to do today. Oh, well, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. No. I... And his uh, minus eight is pretty much yeah. This thing, this this entire card just screams multiplayer. Preferably lots of players multiplayer. Minus eight for each player. Search that player's library for an online card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. You may cast those cards without paying their mana costs. So yeah, you're sitting there in Commander, you're making everybody attack weekly for four turns, and then you're casting a card for every opponent you've got. The best card out of their entire 100-card deck. 
this guy's going to be A, interesting, and B, hated out of the format. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty potent. Um, I can I can just imagine seeing you know a four or six player like commander game, and that's pretty brutal. And this kind of goes against my argument where I've, uh, that I had made I think a couple weeks ago where I talked about the idea of uh, playing commander with planeswalkers instead of legendary creatures. This would not be this would be a little bit of a good commander. It, it's I'm glad to see um, they're pointing him at a different demographic this time. It's yeah. uh, it's a case of where can we put Jace where he'll still be appealing, but not necessarily, oh, joy, Mind Sculptor 2.0. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's a nice contrast to Jace Memory Adept, who is probably pretty terrible in Commander, I'd imagine, uh, given that he seems so, you know, dual-focused. Um, mm-hmm. so. Now, it's funny you should mention remaking Dredge, because there's a Golgari card, Grizzly Salvage, Instance, black and a green. Reveal top five cards of your library. May, you may put a creature or land from among them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, create more dredge, uh, dredge cards. Don't, don't mind me. I'll, I'll, I'll just be sitting here you know, twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. Is the, I mean, look, the thing is, like, they know dredge was a mistake. Yeah. But at the same time, it's such a cool mechanic. <laughs> so it's 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 one of those things that it's that's the balance I feel that they're really trying to achieve right now is that yes, we screwed up, but you know, utilizing the graveyard is one frontier that we've been really trying to get right. And the last time we got it right, we broke the format. Mm-hmm. And that's well, a risk we should probably take. Yeah, well, it's yeah. I mean, it it broke two big rules. Like a, it was never used as it was really intended, like outside of limited crafts, where the idea was you know. Oh, I get to get and and uh, life from the loam, where it's like, oh, I'm you know re-getting this spell so I can use it as many times as I would like to, and instead it was used to fuel a completely overpowered aggro strategy using random cards from random times that put together and create a perfect storm. Right, and then to, to be fair, like you didn't have to print those cards. Uh, I mean, like seriously, what what was the uh, for extended? If I remember correctly, there was Icarid. a. It, not not Icarid, even worse than Icarid. The um the blue the two mana one one fly. Oh, not me, but yeah, that was a huge mistake. I can't. I don't know. Like, but that that wasn't even it wasn't even a mistake because that was intentional. <laughs> like it's like and 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 along with uh the big bridge from below is another huge one. It's like why would you why would you make this card? It's clearly like, just gonna the, make these dredgery. cards. The, these cards aren't. Oh, sorry, we we completely didn't realize it. These cards are the first question anyone who saw those cards w- would ask would be. So how does this work with Dredge? Does it work with Dredge? Yes. Does it make Dredge ridiculously good? Yes. No. Why was it printed? Yeah, no, of course. But like, but with the Dredge mechanic, like what I was going to say is, A, it does that. And it kind of reminds me of like Scroll Rack in that way, where the idea was like you could, you know, name Counterspell, and then your opponent might play around Counterspell. Instead, you would just not have a hand and just hit them for free for two uh, every single time. And then the Curse Scroll. Yeah, Curse Scroll, sorry. Um, and then the second one is... The fact that it's a mechanic you can't scale, kind of like the free mechanic, where the bigger you make it, the better it gets, the more overpowered it gets. So it's not like you can scale it like so many other mechanics. Yeah. But then uh, this this card harks back to it without necessarily being it. There's, that's one thing which I've noticed in these cards, is they are trying to um, uh, give an impression of the previous mechanics without being the previous mechanics. No, I, yeah, I can see that. And I, as a card, I think it's really cool. Um, digging, you know, five cards in your deck just to come up with a land or something, or a specific creature, or to put Gristlebrand in your graveyard, 
there, there's a lot of options for it to be a pretty good card. And yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It does it does remind you back of Dredge like that would and it would be great with Dredge, obviously, um, if the two existed together. But. I wonder if people will do um, combination uh, events. Uh, Mirrodin, Scars of Mirrodin, Ravnica, Return to Ravnica, all the cards, Von Paul, see what you can do. Because yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet uh, before this block goes away that at some point we get a six pack sealed event that is mm-hmm. Ravnica, Guild Pact Ascension, Return to Ravnica, Gate Crash, and then the last set. Like you get one pack yeah. of each, and that's your sealed pool. Oh god, I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm calling it I'm calling it now. You can mark the day. Uh, beginning of September, before that block rotates out off of, uh, you know, before we're here a year later, we will have had that as an event at some point. I believe the phrase is "shut up and take my money." <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, the thing is, like one of the one of the only downsides I I, I have was that the the bounce lands weren't weren't repeat repeat uh, re- reprinted, and or and if they have been, uh, completely correct me, don't mind me, but. Man, those bounce lands. No, and those, and they've said those are not coming back. So don't yeah. don't look for those; they're gone. So sad. We got the I mean, those, those, those are those are the most amazing lands of all time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely going for a sort of sort of a snowman motif with the gates. Um, cards which interact with them, which rely on them. As long as you've got at least one to uh, do the stuff with, it's sort of it's sort of snow without mentioning snow, if you will. Yeah, and I and I like the the idea of doing these like set specific subtypes, um, and they found ways to do that better. Because obviously, I think one of the earliest times they tried to do that was Arcane, and uh, that didn't really gain steam. I mean, obviously, I guess Snow would be like Snow covered as a super type was the first time. Nope, uh, the first one would be Desert. Oh, really? <laughs> good good point. <laughs> I, I forgot that one. Um, but it's a, it's a cool thing, and I like how they've tried to do it a couple times, and it seems like each time they redo it, it gets a little bit better. Yeah. Um, well, it's almost like they're trying to learn from their mistakes. Ah, who, what a novel concept. Now, mentioning the um, lands, there's one thing, a functional reprint, which um, surprised me but fits so very well into the set. Transguild Promenade is Rupture Spire under a different name and a far more... Um, Tranquil and peaceful, more civic setting, if you will. That's the, the end of the battlefield tap. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you pay one, and tap to add one mana of any colour to your mana pool. So, Pauper is now swimming in dual lands and multi lands. Thank you. I, I, I had to be on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine so. Um, well, they couldn't really re- they couldn't really reprint the because the last one was like a war torn type of name. I can't remember it. You know, Rupture Spire. Rupture Spire. Yeah, it doesn't really fit in with the theme of Ravnica, so they had to rename it. But I think it's a great card. Uh, like you said, it does help out Popper for that. But also, like, they want to make sure you do not, you're not just constantly losing games in Ravnica Limited because you can't cast your spells. Yeah. And so you have to do a lot of fixing to make that work. Well, the Spire kind of fits for Ravnica, but the Rupture doesn't. Yeah, the Rupture part, not so much. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there are many more cards, obviously, and we're not going to sit here and, and talk about each individual one, but we've given you a, several links in the show notes. You can check out all the spoilers that are available so far. They're collated on uh, MTG Salvation. We have uh, the link for all the new mechanics uh, for each of the guilds, and then we also have all the ten arts of the Shocklands linked for you. So you can check all those out and uh, see you know, how you feel about Return to Ravnica so far. I'm a fan. Yep. 
I'm looking forward to this. Uh, let's hope it lives up to the early expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And just wrapping up, we do have a couple other items of news. Um, as we do know, it is uh, Friday Night Magic and Thursday Night Magic are going to change now that we are in September. We do know that in real life, the Friday Night Magic promo is Lingering Souls, but we don't yet have that confirmed for Thursday Night Magic Online. Uh, yeah. Typically, they do line up, but I know we've had a couple instances where they don't, and I'm worried that this may be one of them. Uh, because if you check the um, the uh, the promo section on Magic Online, if you set your collection to number owned equals zero, uh, Lingering Souls is not on Magic Online right now as a promo. Yep. And I know that was a problem that we had with um, Forbidden Alchemy, which was an FNM promo a few months back and wasn't on Magic Online, and therefore we couldn't get it. Um, so I'm a little worried it might be different, cause, which would be sad, because Lingering Souls is a very playable card, um, and it's got pretty sweet art. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Lingering Souls, maybe not. Yep. Um, in other offline news, we have a new uh, dual deck announced. Uh, this one, uh, we'll see how it goes. Sorin versus Tybalt. Yes, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, the angel-creating vampire versus the cheap and cheerful uh, half-devil person. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll... What's up with these things? <laughs> like, I feel like there's a... Like, honestly, like, like in, the, in previous iterations, it looked like a fight, at least. You know, like... If 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 Soren and Tybalt met each other, one would run away. <laughs> yeah, especially like if you look at the art on it, like Tybalt looks very frail. Like in compare, like it looks like Soren's is gonna chop him in half immediately. Uh, yeah, Tybalt's very skinny, very tiny looking. If you think about it, they're both from the same plane, but one of them was there. Uh, for thousands of years, hasn't spent uh, a long time wandering the plains, uh, created the plains protector at a huge cost to himself, and we've seen what she can do. And the other one, novice neophyte. I, I, I get the whole, I get that's the whole axis of opposition here, but uh, I'm not really seeing the whole up and coming versus veteran when it comes to planeswalkers. Oh, look at Nicole sure. Bolas. Yeah, pretty sure they just die. Yeah. It's like, like it's, like, I'm pretty sure when it comes to planeswalkers, it's uh, you chill for a while. If you r- run into, like, 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 if you run into Ezra, or if you run into, like, I don't know, like, who's who's a good example of? A, like, I guess Nicole Bolas is a great example of someone. If you run into him, you just die. Yeah, I'm sorry, you, you run away very quickly. And, and you really can run away because you can planeswalk right after you. Yeah. He's got to hope, and he's, he's gotta, a freaking dragon. True. You just got to hope he doesn't want to. <laughs> yes. That'd be the case. Um, well, the trouble with Bolas is he wouldn't necessarily planeswalk after you. He'd send a couple of his minions to planeswalk after you. Yeah, and they would still get you. <laughs> yeah, because they've been at this game for much longer than you have. Yeah. Could... yeah you, you do not want, as a new planeswalker, to start aggravating people who can command on minions who can walk planes themselves. That's I mean, true. I mean, look at Sorin. He's, he's got an 8-8 flying, vigilant, indestructible maker as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, look what I made over the summer this year at summer camp. Yeah. An I mean, indestructible let's angel. Put, <laughs> let's put it this way. The last planeswalker who, you know, casually decided to, like, mess with people, like people who are too powerful, was the fairy. And he's no longer a planeswalker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at Urza. I mean, he lost his head. 
Yep. <laughs> didn't, didn't he get it back, though? Well, sort of. Khan used the um, uh, eyes, which were the Mike Strone and Weak Strone of uh, Ezra Maishra, effectively, uh, to fuel his own planeswalking ascension. Well, the spark, the spark which Urza was essentially borrowing was Glacians for the first plan. Hmm. Uh, Glacian being a um, Thran who... Magic has a lot of long and uh, interesting history, but this is probably not the best place to go into full detail. Yeah, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's an MTG wiki if you're curious yeah. about the, the early Just history. Just know that prior, prior to all this craziness where everyone's a planeswalker and everyone's a, a crying little kid, planeswalkers used to destroy universes. Yeah. It's a very, very different time, and that's what happens when you have to – when you create a backstory after the fact. Because we had magic and they had all this stuff, and it's like – um. Maybe we can make a story out of this, and you take some stuff and you kind of weave it together. I call it the Mortal Kombat conundrum. So basically, everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that dual deck goes. Um, hopefully, the red, mono red deck will turn out better than the last mono red deck did. Um, uh, it shouldn't. Well, honestly, it shouldn't take much. Um, well, <laughs> so. starting with Tybalt as a planeswalker. Yeah, that, and that does hurt. But uh, we shall. See. Uh, it, it just completely reminds me of the. Uh, I mean, it's like if, if you're 10 years old and you have the choice between picking Soren and Tybalt, who supports your little brother who never gets Tybalt or never gets Soren? Like, it's the, it's the real question you should be asking yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a case of, yeah, Big Brother takes Soren and I guess you can play this one. And then he crushes you. <laughs> yeah. We don't know if it's the Soren who can take off half your life in one hit. Um,. Drain life, anything he uh, looks at, or mind slaving you if he's feeling like it. All these Soren who um, uh, gradually makes his creature stronger, generates ridiculous amounts of tokens, and um, or destroys a huge, like, and then blows up your guys and your Tybalt and takes them from you. Yes, which which makes it very appropriate. I think it should be that one because that's very appropriate for a big brother is to break your stuff yeah, and I take mean, it. <laughs> Soren. Actually, does have an ability which basically says, "Get Tybalt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Get Tybalt and his two favorite minions. Ah, uh, yes. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that one pans out. We've got a little time um, before it hits shelves, so hopefully they'll have you know to be able to work on that and get a little bit better than the last uh, Planeswalker dual deck. A couple other minor announcements. Uh, standard Popper is now kind of a format. You can select it in the filter, um, but there is no major tournament support for it. But I know people who are fans of the format who are already very excited about this. Gets rid of the confusion, gets rid of the uh, ban list issues, and what cards are allowed and aren't allowed, and all of that gets sorted out by an automatic filter. So, yeah, It's basically the same, same deal that... Uh, uh, Tribal Classic got back in the day, uh, massive uproar that it wasn't a format when they uh, briefly made it not a format. It got its format status back, everybody happy, win-win. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Stand Up Orba here, very popular. Um, I can't speak as to its fun, but... Um, Gotta be the cheapest format of Magic Online, I'd imagine. Well, depends. I mean, you can get uh, some uh, unused... Uh, Pauper cards from previous sets are a fair bit cheaper than you can red hot um, standard uh, cards. 
Yeah, but I mean, but then, again, but then again, there are like if you're playing competitively, there are some popper cards that are rather expensive, um, just for yeah. the nature of being popper. You know, they're, like they're common. They're two and four and five dollars. In the case of some of the mass block ones, I've seen them up to ten and twelve dollars. So. Yeah, Lotus Petal itself is up to ten, which is annoying because I need to get my set back at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, interesting development for them, and congratulations for all the people. There apparently a large lobbying campaign to get that done, and. Uh, Ask and you shall receive. Yep. Kudos, Joe Kuehl, and all those who are uh, part of that campaign. Yep. All right. And lastly in our news section, we have the September Magic Online player rewards that we are working on earning this month. Uh, mm-hmm. Tier 1 and 2, we still have our Shards of Alara lands that we're earning. Tier 3 and 4, we get alternate art Jaya Ballard Task Mage. She's fun. Yeah. But you can't really tell... Yeah, top of the original art for her. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Alternate template, not alternate art. Like uh, the new card frame. Now that's that I might be interested in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same art. And yeah, you're right because that is really good art. Uh, next up we have promo Shriekmaw, uh, given out as part of the release events. So nothing really new there, but a stamp. At tier seven and eight we have the. It says alter again. It says alternate art wonder, but it is the same art, just new in the new card frame. And then tier, at the final tier, we have the extended art version of the Strangleroot Geist. Yep. It's pretty sweet looking. Yep, that's a geist, all right. Yeah, very, very creepy. The other one looks a little, I don't know, I think something about being a fully formed looking creature makes it less scary, whereas this one being kind of tenderly and stuff like that just makes it a little creepier looking. And it doesn't, you know, I like the full art version of it better just in general, so. Yeah. Like the full art frame. And hasty swinging for two or three is um, – you want your opponent to be worried um, visually as well as viscerally. Exactly, yeah. And, a, yeah, actually a playable card. So, yeah, good stuff, lots of news all around. I think that is pretty much all of it, though. So, mm-hmm. uh, Prices. Let's go ahead and take a look at the, the Ravnica block Shocklands and see what happened. Now that they are officially confirmed, 100% confirmed and in the set – where did the prices go? Down. Yeah. Fast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, several of them were already already coming down, but looking back, uh, compared to especially when modern season was in, uh, you know, Hallowed Fountain was at one point close to forty. It may have even reached forty. It's down to twenty-two now. Um, breeding pool has always been high from being from Dissension and not drafted as much, and being blue-green and making it very playable, down to 11. Steam Vents, blue-red, everybody loves it, and it's come down to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Crypt is the other big one left of the group, and it's at 13. But after that, they are all out of double digits, and we're talking like 4 to $8 for the dual land. Yeah. Godless Shrine almost being able to hold its head at high at uh, 8.1, um, but... Um, some of the original four, Watery Grave and Overgrown Tomb, despite being part black, are um, 4.6, 4.3, 4.4. They are not doing themselves proud right now. And also we do have um, Ravnica block drafts available as a queue right now, so that may also be having some impact on the prices that there are people who are looking to sell them at the moment. Not because they know they're being reprinted, but because 
they've been playing the draft queue, they drafted the land and they want to draft again, so they sell the land to do that. Um, so it's kind of a double, double whammy for the lands right now. Perfect storm, if you will. Yes. Yeah, so here's my, I would say, not so bold prediction, but it's slightly bold in the sense that uh, people are obviously voting against it. But I say all these prices are as around as low as low as they'll go. I think you'll see every every single one of these cards worth more than it is in by the time the set is released, because standard ha- creates a huge demand flux, and there's no way we're going to be able to keep up with the demand. Yeah, but there's going to be so many drafts. Like, I mean, I'll give you on the like the older ones or the the four and five like four and five dollars. I feel like is where most of them will end up. And obviously you have to account for the fact that only five of them are coming back. But once Hallowed Fountain is in a set that's being drafted three packs at a time, um, I can't imagine it keeping a $20 price tag. It's going to come down quite a bit, especially in this age of mythics. Yeah, yeah. as a bold prediction, I think it's going to stay up just because we've seen what's happened to really good Shocklands in the past. And Hollow Fountain is just one of those cards that I for what some what for one reason or another, it never drops below that price point. It's it's literally been there for the last five years. Oh, I remember it was cheaper. It was uh, down to 15 at one point, uh, before the introduction of Modern, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so Definitely. it literally left every useful format stayed at 15. So I just, I just can't... My bold prediction is that it's all going to go up. All right, we will, we'll, we'll talk about some, some odds-making or something on that, because, yeah, <laughs> I'm willing to go with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not... Basically, it's a reprint now. There's, uh, it already exists in the system, and it's in a set with Mythics. The Mythics are going to be the $20 cards. This, at best, um, it's going to be on the same tier as uh, Maelstrom Pulse or um, oh, what was the other? Uh, what uh, Snapcaster? So we're talking sevens, eights at best. Yeah, that's. I, I believe it. Well, we'll, we'll see. It's going to, and it's going to depend on the the draftability of the set. And I, I think even if it's one of the worst sets to draft, people are going to draft like crazy regardless. But um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on from bold predictions, we're going to go into questions. And we have our question of the week. And that is, of the five that we know, uh, which guild mechanic is your favorite? Oh, no hesitation, no question. Overload. Yeah. yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Overload, and that makes sense, you know. You know, is it being the Mad Scientist Guild in the first place that uh, fits you being the resident with you? Mad Scientist? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I know good Mad Science when I when I see it, and that is some good Mad Science. Sebastian? Hey, what? Uh, you know, personally, and from a competitive standpoint, I definitely think the Zerus Detain mechanic is going to be very good. Um, obviously, shock lands are going to be very good, but from a pure like flavor standpoint, there's something really interesting about the Golgari sa- um, scavenge, and I think I like it a lot, especially in, in the limited format. Can't wait to play with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Uh, as for myself, I'm you know in that same vein. I've already been digging on populates, um, ju- mostly because I keep coming up with ways to create angel tokens from Geist of Saint Trap. <laughs> um, every time I see like another populate card, I'm like, how can I c- play this during combat to get a copy of my Geist of Saint Trapped Angel token? Um, so that's everything I keep doing. That and, stays around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I keep it permanently. Um, one of the funnier ones that AJ and I were talking about before, and that's with the new uh, one, a green and a white creature in uh, Selesnia who has power and toughness equal to the number of creatures you control. And when he deals combat damage, you populate. 
So if you attack with him and the Geist, uh, you make your angel, it, it attacks. If you hit with that other guy, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. I'll have to look him up. Uh, but then you make a copy of the angel shortly before that one fades away into the ether. So. Name of the card in question is, I believe, Wandering Shrine. Yeah, Way- Wayfaring Temple. Close. Wayfaring Temple, yeah. Very close. Co- same right concept, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Wayfaring Temple is one, a green, and a white um, to have power and toughness equal to the number of creatures, and then when he deals damage to a player, populate. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll keep every time a populate card comes out. That's my first thought: is how do I make another copy of my hanging focus? All right, but uh, if you have a different one, another one, if you agree with one of us, let us know what your favorite mechanic is, and in the show notes. All right, and finally, that brings us to uh, what you've been playing, uh, AJ. What you been playing? I've been dabbling with, uh, well, there was a Singleton event at the weekend, so I thought, that's not hard enough. Singleton Tribal, been there, done that, um, beat the reigning champion with um, a deck. So I went with um, one of the achievements to unlock. They've got a whole uh, webpage full of various additional things you can do, either in play or in deck building, to earn extra cash. Mm-hmm. You quite literally get tickets on another bot for um, getting these achievements. So I went with one which was there can be only one. <laughs> it's um, every card in your deck is either a basic land or legendary. <laughs> Very interesting. As you can imagine, as you can imagine, this is quite difficult because there are no legendary sorceries or instants. Are there really? Well, there, we had the. That's not true. They sold. They we had the epic spells that they sold as being like legendary spells um, back at well, Saviors of Kamigawa, but like many things well, in that yeah. uh, set, it went over with lead, like a lead balloon. Well, I could use a few of them, but um, like a legendary is not the same as legendary. Um, I had to get quite quite creative in terms of removal. Uh, things like. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Kirtar and uh, Major Taro, the uh, legendary uh, birds from uh, Odyssey block. Yeah, Judgment, I think, right? Yeah, one one from Odyssey, one from Judgment. Uh, one is uh, uh, one of white uh, sacrifice this to exile target attacker. The other is uh, uh, three and two white sacrifice to exile all black creatures. Which is quite useful. Um, a lot of the removal was conditional, uh, ranging from probably the most conditional was um, a Tividara Thorn, who, in addition to being a nicely efficient um, first striking 2 2, uh, believe me, whenever cards are legend, you need as many efficient, uh, cheap ones as you can get. Also, kills a goblin on entry. I didn't play any goblin players, but it was quite nice to have that guy there as a uh, nice cheap beater. Uh, my also it had to be Payana Nomad Captain, who again is from Odyssey, who um, every time she attacks, uh, all attacking creatures get plus one, plus one. So having a 3-3 three, three for three, who also pumps the rest of your team, was pretty useful. I'd say so. I mean, now the next challenge you have to do is only play Legendary Lands. <laughs> legendary 42 land dot deck. Sadly, there aren't any Legendary Man Lands. I suppose you could go for Dark Depths, but that could take a while. What about um, the to- that tomb uh, from... Svothos, the uh, 
Not a legend. No, no, from a Kamigawa block where it's you like paid four and tapped it and sacrificed all of your lands to get a like a legendary demon. Ah, yes, Tomb of Rami. Tomb so, of Rami. That was promptly uh, bounced back to your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually. There's a reason why uh, he never really saw that much popularity. I mean, isn't this, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, that was when Magnivore was bouncing everything back to your hand. Yeah. Imagine. And stealing your lands. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But yeah, I'm just pointing out, hey, you, that, that's a way to win, maybe, possibly. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he, you're, you are plus EV. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and how'd you do with the, the deck? How'd it go? I achieved my objective, but not much more than that. Uh, got the money for getting the achievement, so uh, objective met, really. Um, plus, the, plus the sheer style points of it. Yeah, cool. Nicely worked. Nicely done. Sebastian? Yeah, so I actually I've been uh, I, I've just moved back into college and I've been unpacking boxes and I discovered a hundred different boosters from different sets for over the past couple of years because I I really hate selling the boosters I win uh, I always feel like I'm being ripped off um, which you know it's probably true uh, so it was it was one of those things that I've always kept held on to these boosters I have like Magic 2010 2011 uh, like Innistrad. And uh, even before that. So it's. Um, I also have a bunch of, strangely, uh, a box from a while back of unhinged, car, uh, unhinged boosters as well. Nice. So I, I'm putting together some kind of hybrid draft and hopefully getting that, to, that together in a little bit. So that's going to be a lot of fun. No, yeah, mixed pack draft is, is always entertaining. Especially if one of the packs is, you know, <laughs> if one of the packs... Ha- just happens to be it's like it's like a core set pack, a regular set pack, and then a joke set pack. Yeah. No, we were joking about unhinged the other day. Um, I went over to a buddy of mine's house and he has a cube, uh, which we were playing, and I, I we were talking about unhinged cards and joking. I was like, we need cheaty face in the cube, uh, for being one of the best cards in all of Magic. And then someone went out was like, you know, if we had cheaty face, you wouldn't put it in the cube. You would just bring it with you and, and sneak it in <laughs> because. It's cheeky face, and that's how he works. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in the cube. Yeah, yeah just bring it. <laughs> I actually have 16 cheeky faces. Cheeky face was a common. I, I bought a box back in um, it's like so back in 09 Nationals, U.S. Nats. I took a box of Unhinged to U.S. Nats just for the hell of it, and um, have a lot of cheeky faces. Yeah, I'm telling you, if, if you ever go to a tournament where unsets are legal, cheeky face becomes the best card in all of Magic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, and then as for myself, I've just been kind of goofing around. I've played some more uh, M13 Limited. I've actually played a couple of sealed events, a couple drafts, and I've done okay. And then, of course, I'm playing in the uh, Classic League, so I've done some matches for that. Um, and still doing all right. So, All right. Is that everything? I think that's everything. Right? That is. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll catch you next week. Um, we, we did have a lot for you this week, so um, hopefully we'll get some more news, views, and things that are going on in Magic. And see you then. Failing that, we'll just talk about Ravnica spoilers. All the best. Have a good week, everybody.